Welcome back, listeners, to another great episode of Mark G. Richardson's hit podcast series, Remodeling Mastery. I hope everyone had an amazing Thanksgiving and are ready to finish 2017 off strong. Today's episode is number 76 and is brought to you by Surefire Local, hardworking marketing for hardworking people. Before I pass it off to Mark, I wanted to take a quick moment to mention Surefire Local's upcoming webinar on Tuesday, December 12th at 4 p.m. Eastern with Mark on how to take charge of your time, learn how to train yourself and your employees to be more efficient in 2018. You can save your seat by clicking on the link at the top of our homepage, surefirelocal.com, or click the link in the description. Good news is this same link will take you to the on-demand version in case you are listening after December 12th. But now, without further ado, over to Mark. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that allows you to take a moment to reflect, think about, and improve your remodeling business. Many of the topics are thought-provoking, and some of them are really more tactical and strategic. What I try to do is I'm traveling around the country and working with the best of the best. I try to listen to what is happening out in the marketplace and really pick relevant, interesting kind of topics that at least I believe will help you take your business to the next level. Today, I want to talk about a topic that I continue to hear as being especially important. However, this has been the case, I think, for the last 5, 10, even 20 years in terms of being successful at it. I would argue the best of the best out there are extremely competent and very good at this subject. Oftentimes, there's a tremendous amount of people that try to improve on this particular topic, but oftentimes fumble and fail. And that's the topic of creating self-generated leads. Now, as I talk to different sales organizations and remodelers in general, they all talk about the importance of having personal referrals, past clients, self-generated leads. They all talk about different kind of self-generated lead activity. They all talk about how do they tap their salespeople or the production people on the shoulder to be able to deputize them to really make a big difference in terms of the subject. What I find sort of ironic and somewhat understandable at this point is that I would say while there's not anyone out there that doesn't think it makes sense to have more self-generated leads and the predictability that comes with it, there's very, very few organizations or individuals that are very successful at it. And what's interesting is I study the few that are successful, they're the ones that are out there that are making it happen. They're more successful, more profitable, more delighted clients than anyone. This is also true with the top, top gun uh, salespeople out there that are really very, very successful and not necessarily dependent on traditional company type of leads. So as you listen to this topic today, my focus is, is to how do you create a culture? How do you create an organization that can be successful at this? And as you think about this as a process, to get to that place of improvement, that's really what this is about. You know, I oftentimes think about other processes in our lives. One of the simple ones that we all, I think, are pretty familiar with is baking cookies. 
The reality is that baking cookies, as simple as it sounds, and the creation of a good chocolate chip cookie has a process, has a series of steps that you follow to get a very predictable quality outcome. When it comes to self-generated leads, it also is a process. So sticking with the the cookie analogy or metaphor just for a moment, when you have that yearning to make the chocolate chip cookies, the first thing that you obviously want to do is you want to go back to that treasured recipe. You want to look at it. You want to look at those ingredients. You're going to take some inventory of what you presently have. You're going to go to the store and you're going to buy the right ingredients. Now, the key word there is the right ingredients. If the cookie recipe calls for a certain type of chocolate, then you're going to buy that chocolate. You're not going to buy an alternative. If you buy an alternative chocolate, while it may taste just as good, the fact of the matter is it is different and it's going to be an unpredictable outcome. You come back, you assemble your tools properly. The way you mix the dough when you create chocolate chip cookies has got to be done ideally in a consistent way if, in fact, you want to get the same result. You preheat the oven. Even though you may be impatient, you don't put the cookies in and you set the timer for the right amount of time that's involved. Ultimately, when the cookies are done, the timer goes off, the alarm goes off, you take the cookies out, you let them properly cool, and then you have the outcome that you want. While this sounds a little bit patronizing, almost condescending to talk about cookies as it relates to char- uh, lead generation, I think that the same kind of process exists if you want a predictable outcome, a successful outcome at the end of the day. So with all that being said, most of the things that you're going to hear today really require zero talent. They just require following the recipe, following the process. So as I've really talked to different people about this, and I've certainly studied it and was really part, quite frankly, of my DNA back in the 80s and 90s when I was out there doing what you're doing every day, I'm going to walk you through 10 steps, 10 simple steps to creating a self-generated lead culture. Now, again, at the risk of sounding a little bit condescending to you, I will say if you skip steps, you're going to find the outcome not happening. You're going to wonder three to six months from now, why can't we do this? Well, the reality is you probably didn't do the right preparation. You didn't have the right ingredients. You didn't follow the process to create a culture. You really have to be patient with this. If you're not patient with the development of a culture, culture takes time. Well, you can develop a very quick strategy. You know, as it's been said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And you need to, when it comes to self-generated lead activity, change the habits, change the pattern, change the mindset and thinking of your team if you're going to be successful. So, step number one, and I'm going to walk you through each one of these steps. Step number one is that you need to spend some time on why this is important. Now, it all starts with you. And I would encourage writing down a list of why having 
10, 20, 30% of your leads be self-generated leads. Why that's important to you, because if you have a strong why almost in anything that you do, you're going to most likely be more successful. For example, if I just say I want to lose 10 pounds and that's my only why because it'll make me feel a little bit better. However, if I want to lose the weight and all of a sudden I realize that it's going to save in terms of medical expense, it's going to save in terms of medicine because of high levels of cholesterol, it's going to give longevity in terms of life, it's going to have an aesthetic benefit in terms of my relationships, it's going to give me more stamina, all those things are wise behind losing weight. Well, the same thinking process when it comes to self-generated leads is also true. So you have to start to develop a why. So what I would encourage you to do is you're going to sit down and write a list of whys. Now, I'm going to help prime that pump for you and give you a few to start, but I would encourage you come up with two or three or four more whys that you want to ultimately have a self-generated lead culture. The first one is it allows you to just keep in touch. You know, we become strangers with our client base. I oftentimes talk to audiences, you know, how many clients have you done over the last 5, 10, 20 years? And it's oftentimes shocking between the gap of those clients and the ones that they actually keep in touch with. So developing a self-generated lead culture really allows, I think, that permanence, that client-for-life living mentality. The second is you're going to increase sales. I don't know who is going to be doing those sales with you, but I can tell you if, in fact, you can have a self-generated lead culture, you're going to increase the sales involved. The third is you're going to increase your close rate. We all know that coming with a client coming to you or someone you've developed as a relationship and friend, the likelihood of the close rate with that is going to be so much greater. And there's so much benefit when it comes to close rate. You're going to find you're going to have less stress. You're going to save time. If you can get, just like with a baseball player, if you can get three hits out of 10 rather than two, you're going to most likely see a lot more success in terms of that close rate. The third, fourth, is that it's going to improve or lower your marketing costs. You know, we're spending more and more money in terms of marketing, especially in ways that we don't necessarily fully understand it. And while I'm a huge believer in spending the right amount of money to generate the right amount of leads with digital marketing activities and different kind of things that you're doing, you're going to find self-generated lead culture and activity will actually bring down or pull down and have some clarity even in terms of how you go about spending the marketing costs. The other, the last element in terms of the why, it allows you to control the process. What I find in the remodeling business is there's a lot of ups and downs. It's a little bit of a roller coaster. And the reality is one reason it is a roller coaster isn't because, is because the fluctuation of opportunities and leads that are coming in. If you have a culture that you can control the faucet, you can control the flow through self-generated lead activities, you're going to find that you will have more control, more sustainability, 
and more predictability in terms of your business plans. So step number one is establish a strong why. Now this strong why I think also needs to be discussed and communicated with others to have their ideas. But if you write down those whys, I think it's going to give you the conviction, the conviction to be able to be more successful at this. Number two is take inventory. Take inventory of your client base. Take inventory of your marketing activities. What is kind of the return on investment? Really understand kind of knowing your numbers. Where are your clients coming from? What kind of activities are they doing? You know, if you take a deep dive inventory and understand your client base, understand your projects, understand your sweet spots, understand all of those things, the likelihood that you will come up with more and better self-generated lead activities will help you to be more successful. Number three is start to quantify. Now, I'm a big believer that you need to quantify your time. I think, and the most successful of the remodelers and businesses and individual Top Gun salespeople out there really understand how they are quantifying their time. In my latest book, Control Your Day Before Your Day Controls You, it's all about mastering your time. So what you want to do is step number three is start to understand the time. So for example, how much time are you spending today per week on marketing or self-generated lead activities? How much time are you spending? Now many people, when I ask that question, they'll certainly throw out numbers, ideas, and percentages, but the reality is they don't actually know. So I would encourage you to go back as part of the inventory process and quantify the amount of time you are spending or your salespeople, individual salespeople, are spending on self-generated lead activities. It's not that difficult to do. How much time are they spending going back and visiting past clients or going to networking groups or doing different kind of self-generated lead activities? So what you want to do is quantify the amount of time that is presently being spent on this particular subject. I think that you will find it's only a couple of hours a week at most for most individual owners and companies that are focused on this. So let's just say for kicks that it is two and a half hours a week. And if you're spending uh, 50-hour weeks, which is a good average, I think, for a lot of people. Some are certainly more and some are certainly less. That represents 5% of your time. So as you do this activity, you have to ask yourself, given the returns, given the whys that we did in step one, can you invest more time? Now, I would argue you don't have time to not invest the time. So as a result, if you are spending two and a half hours or 5% of your time, I would say the best of the best are spending 10 to 20% of their time on self-generated lead activities.
Now, you might say that's impossible for you to do. And I would say, okay, how about if we start with 10%? Because the reality is, if you can get up and you can see some of the returns on this activity, it's going to make a big difference. So now we're quantifying the amount of time, and we're starting to document the amount of time that we're spending on different kinds of things. I'd like to get your hands on Mark's new book, Control Your Day Before It Controls You, The Seven Steps to Mastering Your Time. Send us an email at marketing at surefirelocal.com and we'll mail you a free copy. All that we ask is, in return is a quick 15-minute conversation with Surefire Local about your greatest marketing challenge. The fourth element is brainstorming activities. Now, if you want to create a culture... A culture isn't just you. A culture is your team. Now, you might want to start with a particular group within your company, either your sales team or your production team, but most companies start with their sales team because they're the ones that see the direct benefits of the lead generation activities. So what you want to do in step number four is brainstorm. You want to make sure the team understands the why. Let them develop all the reasons why. You want to take some inventory of the different kind of things that you're doing. Step two, you want to quantify the amount of time that they're spending on these activities presently. And you want to start to brainstorm a list of those 5, 10, 20, 50 different self-generated lead activity ideas that you want to do. Now, you've heard me say the word activity many, many times, not results. It's very important if you think about this, it starts with the attitude. A plus B equals results. Attitude plus behaviors equals results. So what I'm talking about when it comes to self-generated activities, I'm talking about you have to have the mindset that's the attitude, but then you need the behaviors. If you hook those two together, you're going to see the results. So going back to step number four, part of this is brainstorming the benefits to them by having more self-generated leads. It'll help them make more money. It'll help them reduce stress. It'll help save them time and have things be more predictable. But do your best to have them generate the reasons why it's so important. Step number five is now you want to come up with the activities themselves. You want to actually document those activities themselves. Now again, this sounds a little bit mechanical, but it is very, very important. The activities themselves of the self-generated activities, they all are going to have a certain amount of value to them. So you want to put down a list of all these activities. For example, connecting to past clients, going out on warranty calls so that they have another touch point, you know, going and meeting and talking to the neighbors, asking for referrals, going to networking events of different types, meeting with realtors, uh, doing real estate seminars. Uh, there's this term that oftentimes is out there that really holds true, and that is birds of a feather fly together. So if you know who your clients are, find out their causes, their interests, because chances are there's more of your clients that fly together. So being involved in more of the charities, the causes, 
you can also think in terms of customized type of events or activities. For example, it might be taking clients or doing something at a professional sporting event, basketball, baseball, football. It might be taking a group of clients out for golf. It might be going on a hiking trip or a hiking event. It also might be much more customized to what you like to do or the particular uh, client likes to do. So you actually do something that supports the fun activities that they like to do. You know, a friend of mine who does this likes to do skeet shooting. So he actually invites clients that have never done these kind of things as an activity to do. Again, a meaningful client self-generated lead activity. So again, I want to just review what we've talked about so far, and I apologize if this sounds a little bit mechanical, but it's really important if ultimately you want to create the culture that'll make you successful. So step number one was establish the whys. Step number two was create uh, inventory, understand your numbers and the dynamic. Step number three is quantify the time. Step number four is brainstorm with the team why it's important to them. And step number five is come up with self-generated lead activities. Again, not results, but activities. And I would argue within the brainstorming, there ought to be somewhere between 20 and 40 different creative, simple activities that can be done that get quantified out. Okay, moving into the next five steps in this process. The next one is quantify the value of these activities as a team. So what you want to do is get the team together with the list of 20 to 40 activities and quantify the value of those. And I'll give you some examples. For example, if it is uh, a connecting call, not just a leaving a voicemail, but a connecting call with a past client to the business, there might be a value of one. It might be if you're sending out a handwritten letter to a past client, it might be a value of three. If you take, for example, a client out for a dinner party or take multiple clients out for a dinner party, the value might be a hundred in terms of a value. If you take a client out for a round of golf or three or four clients round for a round of golf, the value might be a 40. So as you can see, you can determine the value. And it is something, by the way, will change and need to be massaged probably on a quarterly or semi-annual basis. But what you want to do, again, is take the activity and have of these 20 to 40 activities some value that you all agree to in terms of a unit value that each one represents. And you want to agree upon this. Ultimately, you're going to be the judge and the jury, but at least try to agree upon that this is, in fact, how we're going to quantify the value of the activities. Number seven step in the process is you want to agree upon and set a milestone or set a bar to how many of these activities should each person be responsible and accountable for in a month or a quarter. 
Now again, these activities off of this 20 to 40 list that people don't have to be doing the same things, but what they have to do is a certain number of units of activity that is required. So for example, if the brainstorming of the group comes up with, oh sure, we can do 200 activities in a month, then what you might do in starting this process is say to everyone, okay, we all agree we can do 200, so let's just do this. The minimum number that's acceptable is 150. The minimum number is acceptable is 150. So lower the bar so that the opportunity for failure is much less. If people start to feel themselves be successful with self-generated lead thinking and activity, they're going to be much more successful. Okay, continuing to move on. So everybody has the list. Everybody knows the activity. Everybody is now developing their own action plans, weaving into their own week these different self-generated leads activity. And again, some of them are very high touch, very interactive. Some involve several hours of time, and some of them involve only a few minutes, depending on the activity, and the value should be quantified to that extent. Number eight step in the process is monitoring it. Where most people fall short with many things, whether it's New Year's resolutions or whether it's an activity like this, is they come up with great ideas, but they don't necessarily monitor the results. So as a leader and the keeper of self-generated lead culture and development, you need to say to yourself, I am the gatekeeper. I'm the one that has to monitor this results. So what you want people to do is fill out, whether electronically or handwritten, a weekly log of the activities and the value of units that they are doing. And on Monday morning at 9 o'clock, you should have, either electronically or physically, a copy of all those lead activities that were supposed to be done. So now on a weekly basis, you can assemble what these activities were so that when you're having either meetings or conversations, you're actually able to uh, monitor those results. It creates a level of rigor, responsibility, accountability, and you're going to find very quickly who's falling short, who's embraced this, and who hasn't. Number nine is on a monthly basis, you want to review these numbers with the rest of the team. And again, whether it's a sales team or production team, but you want to make this an integral part of the sales meeting at least once a month. Let them, let them know what they've done, brainstorm what activities have been fulfilling and interesting, let them know how they measure up, did they hit the milestone, did they hit the minimum, and did they not? You also might want to have fun with it, have little awards, a little gift card for the person with the greatest activities that are being done. It may be, if you have a larger sales force, that you want to have a contest and have some teams in terms of what they're doing here. But you also want to try to begin to track the ROI on these activities for future business. Now, again, one of the key things in this process of developing culture is that you have to be patient. And being patient means you're not going to see the longer-term results right away. 
I would argue you may not even see actual business or actual leads for one to two quarters of developing the culture. And that's one of the reasons people get disillusioned and fall short, but you've got to believe in this process. Number 10 in the process is to celebrate. Make this part of the performance of the individual people that work for you. Make it part of the compensation that they have to do these different activities. If they want to see themselves grow, they have to be part of this culture. And then as a result of all this, make sure you celebrate, you monitor, and then you create a great plan for the following year. So again, I just want to walk you through and highlight each one of these 10 steps very quickly one more time because this is, just like my example of baking cookies, this is a process. And if you can do this over the course of three, six, nine months, it can be a game changer for many of your business. The first thing is write down the whys. The second is take inventory. The third is quantify the amount of time and the return on investment of time, brainstorm the activities, the ideas itself, uh, and the whys uh, with your team, quantify the value, and this is an important step, quantify the value of each one of those activities. And again, you're going to find that your team might have some differences, which is okay. You might have to just agree to put an average in, and then maybe every six months or every 12 months, adjust some of those values. Number seven is that you want to take all of these units on a regular basis um, and be able to uh, have a milestone for what they have to achieve. Number eight is, again, you're the gatekeeper, you're the monitor. Number nine is you want to re res review the results on a monthly basis uh, in the team meeting. And number 10 is you want to celebrate. If you can follow these steps, you're going to see the results. But again, it takes a little bit of rigor. It takes a little bit of discipline. But there's not anything I've just walked you through here that takes any special degree, special talent, special technologies to be successful. So a few kind of summary keys to success. You know, many, many times I've been asked, why do businesses stumble and fail? And there really are three things that oftentimes I think come in my head when I think about this. Number one is they lose focus. Number two is they lose commitment. And number three is they're not investing the right capital, be it dollars or money, into this. All of these things hold true when it comes to creating a successful, self-generated lead culture. You know, part of this process is don't be afraid to invest some of the marketing budget into some of these activities because you're going to see a huge return down the road. The second is be patient. You're going to do a lot of activities. It's going to take a lot of time in the first one or two quarters to create kind of the culture of the activities, but you're not going to probably see really big returns until after three, six, nine months into the process. So you've got to be patient for those returns. You know, it's no different than if you're planting a plant in terms of harvesting the fruit. It will take time, but you've got to believe in that outcome. And then lastly, try not to judge. 
the individuals in terms of how they're embracing the specific activities. You're going to find some people are going to be more inclined to do certain things than others. They all have to do a minimum of the 150 or whatever the predetermined number is of activities a month. However, they may accomplish it in different kinds of ways. You have one person that might be doing a lot more interaction with clients through social media and writing letters and those kind of things. And you might have someone else that's focused on much more of sports activities. It's okay for people to have different activities. What's not okay is for people not to do it, not to invest the time. So I want to Thank everybody for listening to this particular podcast, and I hope at least you can embrace, I think, some of this thinking and mindset integrated into your planning in 2018 and see a lot more predictability and a lot more success. Take care, everyone. Thank you, Mark. You just listened to episode number 76 of Mark G. Richardson's hit podcast series, Remodeling Mastery, brought to you by Surefire Local. If you'd like to listen to past episodes and to stay current when new episodes are released, be sure to subscribe to the Remodeling Mastery podcast on your favorite podcast app. Before we leave you today, please don't forget to visit our website, surefirelocal.com, for tips and advice on making your marketing work harder by browsing our wide collection of on-demand webinars, ebooks, our blog, and more. Have a great rest of the day. Be sure to tune in next week for another great episode of Remodeling Mastery.